0: welcome to NinjaCast, a photography podcast powered by studio ninja the world's highest rated business management app built specifically for photographers listen and learn as the most successful photographers on the planet share their knowledge to help you transform every element of your photography business here's your
1: host sally shaw Hi guys, welcome to NinjaCast. Today I'm joined by Sandra Chow. I'm really excited to chat with Sandra today. We're going to be covering all sorts in terms of brand identity, from having a cohesive brand identity and what that can do for your business, right through to building a strong visual brand and why that's so important, right through to Instagram reels, how the trending reels are so last year and what you need to be doing now. Let's get started. Hi Sandra, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks Sally. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I'm really, really excited for today's episode. Actually, the topics that I know that we're going to cover are definitely um, things that I think people are going to get an awful lot out of of listening. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, For uh, our listeners that might not know who you are, kind of give us a little bit of a download and a backstory on who you are and what you do.
0: Yeah, so I'm Sandra. Um, I'm a stylist and a creative director based in Sydney, Australia. Um, I basically run a visual content creation agency, um, and I also have a school of visual branding, which um, teaches entrepreneurs how to grow their brands through visuals. So um, that's kind of a nutshell of what I do. Um, in terms of how I got here, though, it's kind of a bit of a long-winded kind of journey. I actually used to be a lawyer. Um, I practiced for quite a few years, so it's something completely different, uh-huh. but then burnt out as a many of us do (laughs) and um, went down that kind of creative route. Um, I was actually in the midst of planning my own wedding at that time and it's a bit cliche but I kind of fell in love with all the styling and all the pretty stuff and seeing all the photos all those kinds of things and I eventually started a little bit of a wedding blog which kind of um, led me down a path of meeting a lot of creatives actually ended up getting offered a job as a stylist (laughs) for for a floral and events designer And then it kind of just grew from there. And over, I think it's been about 11 years now, and my business has kind of just pivoted and pivoted and sort of moved through from the weddings to then um, branding to more now. I work with a lot of um, e-commerce based brands. So it's kind of a bit of a long-winded journey.
1: So we're basically talking to the content creation pro, the like the person that we all need in our back pocket. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess in some ways. <laughs> so let's talk about kind of boosting your business with a visual brand. I think although I mean brand personal branding is a bit of a buzzword, it has been for a little bit of time now, but I don't think a lot of people get down into the nitty-gritty of what that means and how they incorporate that into their business to actually grow their business. So how do you how do you create a strong visual brand what is what does a strong visual visual brand look like in the first place
0: Yeah and I think in the simplest way I think when you think about sort of visual branding for your brand it's really that visual representation of your brand so it's like all the visual elements that represent your brand from you know your logo to your fonts to your colors to the design to your images to your videos to your graphics to the collateral like all of that and it's really looking at it from a very holistic point of view, which I think sometimes it's very easy to sort of go after those shiny things and the fun things, and then not really look at it cohesively. So I guess the way to make sure that you know, your brand is very cohesive in that sense. It's just making sure you have that kind of element that runs through consistently. So whether it's, um, you know, the vibe of your brand, the look and feel of your brand down to, you know, as a photographer, if you're talking about like your images, your style and aesthetic, you know, what you're putting out there. All the way down to like your socials, how you present yourself, what you're putting out there, um, the kind of portfolio that you're creating for your work all the way to your website, to then your client experience, to then the deliverables and your collateral, all of those things. So it's really looking at that um, from a very holistic point of view.
1: Absolutely. All the things you just listed, I think, I mean, I've been a wedding photographer for 10 years and I almost just went, oh, that's a lot of stuff. It is. (laughs) It is a lot. (laughs) As somebody that's brand new to this and thinking, you know, I need a brand, it's not something I've got right now, where do they start?
0: Um, I always think it's really good to start with um like a mood board type sort of situation where you're really thinking about, you know, how do you want to present your brand or how do you want it to feel when um, your clients and your customers, you know, land on your socials, your Instagram, for example. Because I mean, I guess that's kind of where a lot of people start these days. So thinking about that, You know, how do you want people to feel thinking about, you know, the kinds of adjectives that you would use to describe those kind of feelings towards your brand when someone sees your photos or when someone interacts with you or throughout your copy, when someone, you know, speaks to you on DMs, all of those things and start sort of creating like a mood board around that. I always feel like it's really good to have that kind of tangible representation of your brand that you can refer back to when yeah. you feel like you're going off track a little bit and that kind of um is a really good starting point when it comes to then you know reaching out to someone to help you design your logos and and all of those things. So I think starting from like the foundational aspect of it is always a really good starting point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess moving that through as a full process, how does your branding and all of the other elements that come into that actually help to get your customers to purchase with you?
0: Yeah so I mean if we look at a brand and and like I said before when you're looking at a brand it's not just the logo it's like the fonts the colors all of that coming together to piece out that picture you know the type of font you choose whether it's something very cutesy or whether it's something a little bit more high end and elevated kind of plays a part in the types of people that you will attract yeah. you know so if you take and I know you're a wedding photographer um, by trade. So if you looked at like a wedding photographer, even, even if, you know, if you look at all the wedding photographers, all of you have a different style and aesthetics. You have a different way of shooting. So then that should really translate across your brand because that's going to help you reach the right kind of clients that you want to be booking, the right kind of brides who actually, you know, resonate with your style. So um that's why kind of, again, when we're going back to like thinking about how you want people to perceive your brand, thinking about those kind of anchor points, those adjectives and things like that, that can really help you solidify that and also refer back to it so that you make sure, you know, if you're putting putting your portfolio together um, for your website or Instagram, thinking like, okay, is this really going to attract that kind of, let's say, fine art, high-end brand that I want to attract? Or do you think this is going to attract more the DIY bride? You know, there's all those kind of little things that you don't really think about, but you know, what you put out there is what you're getting back, what you're going to get back, whether it's through your branding and all of that whole piece of the puzzle, or whether it's through your portfolio and all those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned briefly there, we touched on Instagram just slightly. So I'm going to delve into that a little bit more with you. Obviously, Instagram (laughs) is a huge platform in, in any creative industry, I would think, but especially in the wedding industry, photographers, portrait photographers, that side of things. And a big thing on Instagram right now is, of course, Reels. And I mean, Instagram is ever changing, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. But Reels seems to have stuck around for a little bit of time now. And there's a, some some people are resisting and going, you know, do you know what? I'm not the type of person that's going to create Reels and dance on camera and lip sync to audios and that kind of thing. So what are your thoughts on Reels and, and in more specifically related to marketing your business as a brand?
0: Yeah. And I love that you kind of used that example about not feeling comfortable with um singing and dancing and pointing and lip syncing. You know, I you will if you have a look at my reels, you will never see me doing that because <laughs> it would just be completely off-brand for me to do that. And that's kind of the thing. Um, it's really easy to jump on that new trend, that you know, shiny new thing and and kind of see like, oh, what's working for other people you know what's kind of really cool and on trend at the moment but if, if you just kind of hop on that bandwagon and create in that way but not really thinking about like okay does this kind of feel right for my brand is this even going to reach like the brides for example that i want to be reaching or the that you know um the brands who want to uh you know do a personal branding shoot or anything like that because I feel like when you kind of just jump on the trend and if you start lip syncing and whatnot, and it doesn't, it, you'll end up really sticking out like a sore thumb if it isn't on brand for you. Yeah. And um, I mean, one of the examples I would probably use is I'm thinking about to how I've kind of approached reels for me. I think a few months ago, one of my reels did really well. I'm still not really sure, 100% sure why, yes. but um, it did really well. And it not, not to the point that it went, you know, crazy viral or anything like that, but it did really well so that what I kind of realised – compared to my other reels, it ended up diluting my audience a little bit. So I've kind of had to use like the few months afterwards to sort of retarget and bring in back the right people. Because if you're just kind of approaching it um, by doing, you know, that next thing that's on trend and um, following that new cool thing that everyone's doing on reels and it goes viral, great, you know, but those likes and followers aren't really going to convert to sales if those, you know, random people are actually – potential clients and customers Hmm. so um it's more thinking about you know as a photographer example there's so many different ways to create real so many different ways that you could still that could still resonate with the type of clients that you want to be booking and I think one of the beauty of like the beautiful things about being a photographer is you have this amazing portfolio that you could easily just link together as a slideshow and, and 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 sort of use that as a portfolio kind of mechanism, sharing all the work that you do. And that kind of speaks for itself. It doesn't always have to be those cool and fancy things or the dancing and all those kinds of things. It's more really about thinking, OK, who's your ideal client? What do they need to see in order to reach out or connect with you or your create engagement with you and all those kinds of things?
1: Absolutely. And then also bringing kind of that brand identity into the likes of Instagram or, you know, whatever your marketing strategy may be around social media. How can photographers make sure that they're being consistent visually with those platforms?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of ways that um, is is I think is really great for brands to do is like you can use real covers so you can have like those kind of graphic templates for you that you know whether you make them yourself on canva or whether you've got a graphic designer who creates some templates for you that are kind of using like say your brand fonts your colors all those things that's kind of a nice way to keep things consistent but i think one of the beauty beautiful things about um being a photographer like we said because you've got such a huge bank you know huge collection of imagery that is already reflective of your style and aesthetic even if you used one of those visuals or piece them together or used one of those as like the cover it's almost like so easy for it to be cohesive already purely because it's your style so I think one of the um, biggest things though I would say like especially when you're a photographer who has a huge portfolio or perhaps you're pivoting and your style's kind of changing over time is thinking about okay, this photo that I'm going to put out there or, you know, this um, wedding or this event that I'm going to put out there, is that the kind of stuff that you still want to be booking? Is that the style of work that you still want to be booking? And if so, then share it. But if not, no, it takes a lot of discipline to actually not share something that's not quite right for the path that you're trying to go on or the kind of clients that you're trying to attract Um, But it all comes back, again, to your brand, to thinking about who you want to be working with, um, the price point you want to be, you know, um, targeting, the kinds of clients that you want to be working
1: with. Yeah, definitely. I think you've you've touched on it a little bit already, but creating that brand that that clients do think, you know what, that's the photographer for me or that's the business for me. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Almost making it. An irresistible decision, a, a you know, a no-brainer. How do you get to the point with your branding where it's speaking to your ideal client in a way that makes it irresistible?
0: Yeah, and I think um, in in that kind of sense, again, it kind of comes back to your portfolio a little bit in terms of what you're putting out there, and also thinking strategically about the images that you're choosing from. Potentially, that one shoot or that one project, what you're going to put out there. Because, you know, if we take weddings as an example, you kind of see the same photos all the time on people's grids, and when that happens, it's quite easy to just sort of scroll on past, especially just due to the nature of how Instagram is. It's such a sort of scroll, scroll kind of culture. Yeah. But what I think sometimes um, photographers don't realise is if you actually went into that portfolio, sometimes there are those images that maybe aren't typically the ones that you would Expect to share for a wedding, but it's so on brand for you. It's, it's so, and it shares, you know, absolutely the style that you want to work with. It makes an impact and it makes people stop and pay attention. I think sometimes actually going through your portfolio and looking at that and really again making those kind of targeted choice with what you're putting out there can be the difference between someone going like, okay, I really need to work with her because oh my God, that photo is incredible and I want to look like that on my wedding day, versus like, oh, okay, you know. So-and-so does that too, or I've seen that, you know, that's you know kind of common, um, especially in an industry, in the wedding industry where, you know, you do sort of come across the same types of images a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, when I'm working with my clients, I really like to, you know, pull through and, and, and weed through all their photos and find those like, you know, that high level curated collection that really just says like, wow, but it speaks to their style. It speaks to the, their kind of brand aesthetic as well too.
1: So talk to me a little bit about the service that you offer then, Sandra, because you've touched on it very briefly, there. I mean, first of all, the fact that you would go through a photographer's portfolio and all their galleries must take you so much time to be able to find that curated <laughs> collection. What do you offer as a, as a service to the likes of somebody like me as a photographer?
0: Um, I know it's really tedious and I know a lot of photographers hate calling through galleries, but I love I love it so much. <laughs> I just find it so interesting. Um, so I guess a big part of what I do is, so if you think about a brand and you're thinking about, you know, what they need for um, their websites and socials, that's kind of essentially what I do. So um, I will, you know, design photo shoots um, for people who want to build their portfolio. I design a lot of photo shoots for e-commerce businesses and um thinking about that sort of storytelling element that kind of we can attach to their brand and make those kind of campaign photos the product photos all of those things so as a part of that you know it's designing the shoot executing it with the photographer on the day and bringing the whole team together but a huge part of it actually part of the work continues afterwards so after i work with the photographer um whether it's for a shoot that's for a non-photographer or the photographer themselves i will actually go through before the editing done editing is done um and cull through all the kinds of images that I think like oh okay no and and finding those little you know making those little choices between two photos that seemingly seem similar yeah. but just thinking about you know the brief that we were we sort of decided on the story that we're trying to tell um the people that we're trying to reach and the message that you're trying to communicating and then just really weeding through that to um curate this more high level smaller because as you know, when, when when you shoot, you end up with like hundreds of photos and it takes quite a while to cull it down. But um, I think if you can do that, then it makes your uh, planning, your posting, um, your marketing a lot more intentional. And I think intentionality is that sort of key to everything.
1: Mm, I definitely think that's a a pain point for a lot of photographers out there, myself included, you know, we, we get to the point where we're starting to plan our content for the week or for the month, looking at what we're going to be posting on socials. And it's overwhelming, especially when you've got, you know, you've got umpteen galleries to look through to be able to find those images. But there's also a ridiculous amount of images to get through per gallery to to find the right images that you're, you know, yeah. Yeah, to I, I, client. yeah I mean
0: I completely understand like my Instagram grid is comprised of all my client work so it's a piece of like a little bit from here a little bit from there and then pieced together in this kind of um you know cohesive yet aesthetic kind of puzzle, which I really like. Um and I think when you can do that for your portfolio, it just becomes so diverse and it just reaches a whole other level of people, I feel like. Um, and so I really love being able to do that for people as well as my own portfolio. It's kind of like this little, you know, Tetris grid almost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all need ourselves a Sandra. That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So around kind of online presence in general, then rather than just socials, why is it important that a business or a photographer's business has an online presence and how can they start to widen that presence if they are just focusing on socials right now?
0: Yeah, and I think... um... It's really easy to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, One, uh, the main thing these days, I feel like being on Instagram. But if you think about, uh, and I like to put myself in their shoes, if you think about how you move through another brand when you're looking for a service provider, you might find them initially from socials and you might even, you know, engage with them a little bit on DMs. But if you're going to book them or if you want to learn a bit more about them, you're always going to go to their website. And if they're a service provider, you're always probably going to book a call or, you know, meet up with them for a coffee or anything like that. So you need to make sure that your brand runs through all those different customer touch points. Mm. Because the worst thing that could happen is, um, let's say, you know, like we're saying reels, for example, or, you know, someone might fall in love with your brand on Instagram, maybe it's that reel you posted, or they've just been following for a while and think like, Oh, God, I love her work. And they're ready to reach out to you. But then they go to your website, and it looks nothing like your Instagram, because you've been focusing on that and you kind of forgot to translate that through. And that happens a lot. And I find I always have to go back and, you know, think about my website a little bit more like, oh, I haven't updated it in a while, but my work's evolved over time. So you've got to sort of take that time to make sure everything runs through, even down to, you know, after someone's booked a discovery call with you, maybe they've spoken to you, making sure like You know, how you appear online. Is that really how you are when you speak to a client? Because those kinds of little things people will notice. And then afterwards, your pricing proposals, you know, how do they look? Do they look on brand? Because it's that whole experience that builds the kind of trust um, in someone that gets them to actually book, especially for a photographer when they're paying thousands of dollars for your service you you kind of need to offer that entire experience for them as well as garner that kind of trust. And if it's incohesive or it just kind of a, a bit of mishmash of everything, or maybe it's like, oh, is, am I really going to get what I see on Instagram because their website looks completely different? Then you're going to kind of lose them or you'll have them doubting you a little bit or whether they'll think like, oh, okay, do I really want to pay thousands of dollars for her or should I, you know, go and find someone else. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really important just to make sure, I think, especially if you're starting out, that if you're starting out on Instagram, make sure you have a website. You know, if your website's not really up and running, it can be as simple as having a very um, simple holding page that is that leads someone to a form to reach out to you or email or, and all those kinds of things. But making sure that page also aesthetically speaking, and in terms of the style and what you offer is very similar to Instagram. And mm-hmm. then thinking about, as you grow your website, the portfolio matching, you know, the the branding and and just that whole look and feel and how people would experience the page, mm. how that would actually does that seem like you know would someone be like oh yeah it's the same person I'm so excited to book that. I'm so excited to get on a call with her or is it going to be like oh actually it seems a bit different you know yeah um and then down to all those other little pieces of brand collateral as well
1: I love that perfect if you could start your career all over again. Is there anything that you changed? You differently wish you knew.
0: Um, I kind of wish that I knew the branding how important it was. Mm. Like I started um, my business pre-Instagram, and so it's like pre-Instagram, pre you know Pinterest, online courses, and all those kinds of things. Yeah. So I felt like I was learning on the go a lot, and it was a lot of trial and error. Not to say there's no value in trial and error, I think it's really important to fail and 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 you know learn from it. but I just feel like probably would have gotten gotten to where I wanted to get a bit faster if I had that kind of those kind of resources and help that's available to you these days um because you know, in all honesty, I've like rebranded three times. If you look at my brand when I first started, it's like you know completely different you wouldn't even you wouldn't even believe that it. it's like the same, it's the same brand, you know, I mean, and you, as you sort of grow and evolve your, your business, it's quite normal for it to be like that. But I just feel like, oh, I could have, you know, probably shaped off a few years and quite a bit of money, you know,
1: If I kind of knew earlier on, I think we've all been in those shoes, though, right? Like the 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 person you are when you start your business as a brand new entrepreneur is not the person that you are ten years in. So I think it's your brand, your branding is bound to change along the way, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love
1: that. If our listeners would like to get in touch with you, Sandra, talk to you more about the service that you offer, or more about you know their pain points and what they're struggling with, how can they get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, I think, um, the best ways to find me on Instagram at Sandra Chow Design. I'm always on there, um, you know, sharing my current client projects with the agency, as well as just sharing tips on styling, visual branding, all things. And I love connecting with people on DMs. So just
1: shoot me a message and yeah, and we can chat. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for giving up your time to come and talk with us about all things branding and social media and all of the things. I definitely think that that's a can be a kind of a scary topic for a lot of people and they're not sure where to start. So hopefully after listening to today's episode, they'll have some pointers to get going. No, thank you so much, Sally. Not a problem. I'll hopefully speak to you soon. Thanks again, Sandra. Thanks. Bye. Okay, guys, that's everything from me today. Thank you so much again to Sandra for coming and joining us on the show. I had a blast talking about all of the topics today. If you'd like to see the show notes, you can head to www.studioninja.co forward slash episode 112. As always, please don't forget to rate us on the podcast platform that you're listening on. A little bit of love goes a very long way. I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of NinjaCast brought to you by Studio Ninja beautifully designed and super easy to use, Studio Ninja will help you manage your leads, clients, shoots, invoices, contracts, workflows and so much more. To learn more or start your 30-day free trial, go to www.studioninja.co.